Welcome back to Holistic Healing Space, everyone. I'm your host, Holly, and today I have a special guest. His name is Lee. He's a good friend of mine, and he runs an online resource for the community called The Hope Manifesto, all around mental health. It's a fabulous resource. He's also a professional golfer and a performance mentor. And in this episode, we talk deeply about mental health, namely depression. We talk about our own experiences and how depression can look for different people, what it actually means, medication, its implications, the side effects. And we also share some of the tools that we've used to help navigate through our life journey. We hope you find our chat helpful. So Lee, I know that you are really, really deep into mental health and have a really deep understanding that I really resonate with. And I think it's something that a lot of people benefit from your knowledge and and your wisdom and what you've been through. And I know you have an amazing uh, little Instagram page called The Hope Manifesto, which gives so much hope to people and so much knowledge. And I think it's amazing. Do you want to tell us about it? It's just funny because it's kind of like, it's almost got an identity of its own. It's purely just started as a place for me to I've always been interested in writing poetry quotes just all that sort of real genuine life experience Mm. stuff and I had a little blog when I was doing my golf a few years ago when I was starting that and then I've always been someone who journaled ever ever since I was young so even though I hated English at school (laughs) I now love writing (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, it just sort of started out as almost more like a cathartic release and Mm. therapy for me. And then there's just one or two things that I shared when I was doing the golf blog that was like that then people resonated with or then started talking to me about their mental health challenges that it was like something I might have said just made sense of something that was in their head or just connected a few dots that they hadn't put together and even some of them made them realize like oh okay no maybe I've actually got something I need to talk about here or someone I need to go see about this Mm. also because they weren't alone yeah and so I guess that was then a nice bit of motivation to start doing a little bit more publicly Mm. because I always felt comfortable for whatever reason talking about my experiences Mm. not even for validation or comfort or support it was just like well it's just my experience it's me I'm happy to share it and yeah I've got no idea why I was comfortable doing that because I also been such an introvert my whole life and hate public speaking hate doing all this but then that most raw authentic stuff it was just like yeah I'm happy who wants to know like yeah it's it's completely opposite, but also feels 100% me. Yeah, and I think that's and, where we resonate a bit because I'm very similar. It's yeah. like it's almost like you do it because you have this deep feeling that other people are going through it too. And yeah. it's like that purpose becomes greater than the ego, which we're talking about yeah. too, yeah. of actually being a bit worried about what people are going to think. Yeah, but yeah, so I guess it started with that and then it just became, I thought, especially during the lockdowns, uh, I was spending a lot of time going through sort of social media trying to connect with either positive pages or the right people who were going to help my understanding grow and get more knowledge and change my perception and experiences. Mm. and it just felt like hard work trying to find through like find that and scroll through everything else Mm. that pops up that then I wanted that to be okay well I've done the hard work in finding it now I can just create a nice big profile for oh you need someone to go look just go here and you'll find you'll find it all Mm, and then you can be on your merry way 
and so yeah it's kind of just become a bit of a release and a resource but it's also like if nobody was to ever read it nobody was seeing it probably still keep doing it anyway because it's at the end of the day it's what feels good for me and is helping me and I think that's where it's so authentic and really inspiring for people to offer some deeper truths when it comes to mental health and feeling comfortable because I think we spoke about before we started the podcast about how so many people me included in the past um, were just so reluctant to share emotions and Mm. you know that stigma of feeling like you're weak or you know that vulnerability is actually kind of scary yeah and that's now I, I feel like I've I don't know if I've ever really felt that it was weak to feel or anything like I definitely felt out of place yep but I don't know if it ever felt like it was wrong or weak or anything like I think it's I've, not <laughs> yeah like so I think I've, I've never really resonated with that but then everyone else did so then mm. when I was emotional it was just like there was very few people who could understand me when I was younger yeah it, that's so true and I think a lot of people feel that way don't they it's like mm. they um they don't know who they can trust almost or with their yeah being vulnerable and who they can talk to but there's a lot of layers to that isn't yeah there? like what like, we've been through yeah and I guess that ties in with what I was saying before with like the the stat I heard about men and that ties into masculinity and everything else but yeah what is like 40 41% of men regret speaking up I can't believe it when you said that regret like that's a pretty yeah interesting it's one of the strongest emotions you can feel yeah Um, but it's like yeah all the so all the messaging around mental health is always yeah speak up speak up and all that yet Mm. when people do they don't have the support Mm. so then that only reaffirms them shutting down yeah locking themselves away locking their feelings away and that's when everything hits the fan yeah that's why pages like yours i hope manifesto is so great particularly i'm not saying particularly for males because females go through it too but Mm. to have that masculine energy out there promoting that is really really powerful because i feel like i mean maybe i'm generalizing but i do feel like it can be really difficult for men because there is this kind of conditioning about being tough and we can't just sit and really feel and talk and i think as females are a bit more emotional and it's a bit more acceptable and that's thing and it's yeah it's like everyone's got the masculine and feminine balance within them just figuring out what is the right balance for you but yeah i love all all the emotions are yeah definitely from the feminine and even in culture these days it's like it's still talked down dismissed everything like that it's all about like Mm. this toxic masculinity movement yeah but it's like well okay it's it's toxic to be masculine but then it's also still not right to be feminine so what the hell are we supposed to do so confusing oh it's like what the hell are you supposed to do yeah i feel like a lot of people are going through that too like finding that balance so they're masculine and feminine and you see a lot yep. of women out there more in their masculine and i used to be one of them oh and a lot of well, men just not that's what this like boss bitch hustle culture yeah. is creating as well is it productive or is it just getting unhealthily into their masculine yeah, that's so true. Because also because men aren't in their healthy masculine, so somebody has to step into it. That is so true. <laughs> yeah, it's just finding that balance. And I think, you know, we spoke about before, like, society is quite imbalanced in many aspects. And I think we're all just trying to find our feet and scramble through the untruths and our conditioning and a broken system, like you mentioned, mm. and just trying to think, well, who am I and what makes me happy? And no wonder, like depression is so high i don't even know how yeah. high it is but it's very high at the moment isn't it well that's i don't think we'll ever hear the actual stats because it's only like what was it well it's one in five people in australia are what had mental health i reckon um, it's more though <laughs> oh well that well that was before covid and everything else yeah and now it's like i don't think we'll ever know the the right the actual stats because that'll that'll never come out but 
Mm. Um, you just have to see every, everything's on the incline, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> Even just in like, just you go, if you actually have a conversation with a stranger, Yeah. the amount of times that you'll say something about mental health and they'll either connect mm. or agree. And it's just like, okay, so if everyone I'm talking to mm. <laughs> has experienced something, Mm, like that's so true. it's it's very rare to find someone who's never had any mental health issues ever i feel like if if they say that they're probably lying to a level yeah. you yeah, know either that or they're just unaware or yeah 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 i guess awareness that's a big one too so like i know we kind of um we've spoken a lot about depression it's kind of just the topic that kind of came up for us wasn't it depression in terms yeah. of mental health and that can mean so many things. Like sometimes yep. I don't even really know what that means, if that makes sense. hundred percent. hundred percent agree. Yeah. And it's like, because yeah, what was it? It was just like, yeah, sitting around having a coffee and then all of a sudden we just dive straight into a conversation about <laughs> anxiety, yeah. depression, burnout. Yeah. Just like, Keep it oh, high yeah. vibe. <laughs> just your normal Sunday morning chats. Yeah. And I think that's nice. So when you meet someone who can go on that level with you, but yeah, like I'm interested to hear what you would actually describe as depression or or what your experience has been, if you don't mind sharing. I feel like it's my ideas and the way I describe it has changed so much over the years. And it's like, I I still remember, like, I think I was always an anxious, like a pretty anxious kid Hmm. and kind of just got put to being shy, introverted, everything like that. Same as me. (laughs) Yeah. It's like the the more I look back on it now, I realize it's like, oh, there was a lot of anxiety there, like in mm. proper anxiety, <laughs> like mm. almost crippling at times. Yeah. But then, yeah, during school, or was it sort of year eight, year nine, uh, there was two people, like one in my year and one in my brother's year, a few years older than me, who passed away. And it was, that was probably the start of me having to grow up and mature to try and cope with life but then also still trying to figure out well what the hell's going on yeah <laughs> like what's purpose what's what is happening why <laughs> why do people die obviously there was a lot of emotions a lot of um guilt a lot of different things that you sort of experience with grieving and all that but i think it was only multiplied by just sort of social anxieties like it's what was i like 14 15 at the time so it's all the all the uh, adolescence all the teenage pressures trying to fit in trying to mm. Um, talk to girls all those sorts of things and it's just like there was just so much going on and so I feel like that was when the cracks started to show and but even still I was always adamant that I was not depressed anxiety even wasn't even on my radar Mm, yeah it was a deeper meaning yeah it was just like it was it was weird I'd never like I thought anxiety was yeah like people having panic attacks not being able to walk out of the house like all that and it was like well I was still high functioning I was still straight A's at school I was still doing elite golf I was doing so much but then like as I was slowly getting so miserable on the daily and just not wanting to really do anything and didn't see the purpose in school because like well it's like well why am I doing this because person just passed away and I'm feeling all these emotions and it's like well like what's going on here there's just why am I so focused about something that is so menial when yeah there's so much bigger stuff so much bigger mm. picture things going on bigger picture yeah um especially as well because when or in year nine when it was the the person in my brother's year level he was kind of like a second brother to me so everyone else at school knew who he was because he was in year 12 he was like vice captain of the school at the time so it sort of rocked everyone Mm. but still for everyone else the next day it was like life was just going on and i'm like my world's being turned upside down again yeah 
yeah it was just it was bizarre that was when it really started to go downhill that year and then I even had I think it went next level when I had to have like a surgery on my toe that year and I spent had to spend a couple of weeks at home and all of a sudden I was just isolated and all that and people were still messaging and popping around and whatever but all of a sudden it was like my world had just completely changed and I was just had this really deep sadness and like almost pain Mm. but it was also just this broad vague didn't really know where it was coming from didn't know why I wasn't like really enjoying life Mm. Um, but even still when that was happening I would have because I think I was started seeing like the school psychologist in year eight just to try and help with the grief and understand it but I was still adamant that no I'm not depressed I'm not anything like Mm. that probably wasn't really until when I started doing psychology in senior school whether it was year 10 or year 11 whenever it was um and obviously everyone starts diagnosing themselves with different things when they're studying psychology (laughs) um but it was then yeah just realize like as we got to more mental health and um, anxiety depression there it's just like something just shifted it was like oh actually like I've got this massive wall up here maybe maybe I am struggling more than I realised mm. and then that was when the conversation even with the school therapist um, changed it was like okay yeah maybe there is something more going on here and that's when I started seeing a, a psychologist outside of school as well but yeah but I feel like it was really what was going on was a lot of burnout and anxiety that then manifested into depressive states. Yeah, that makes sense. And it was just periods of when it was too overwhelming that you'd run out of energy, you'd run, you just wouldn't want to really take part in society for the day. Yeah. Um, But then when you have a little bit of rest and whatever, all of a sudden it feels like it's lifted and you're not doing too badly. Mm. And then I'd just go into the same routines, do it all again and then burn out again. And so I felt like I was just having waves of, yeah, depression all that but really the more I got on the more I worked through it it became clear that anxiety and burnout was more the issue so I relate to you and it was it was even like when probably even when I started the on antidepressants Mm. and that wasn't until 2016 yeah so this is yeah still five six years after I'd really started therapy Mm. as I started the medication I I even remember feeling like I was working part-time in the restaurant. And after a few weeks after I started, when they were clearly starting to take effect, like I was driving to work and it's like, oh, I don't have like the butterflies in my stomach. I was like, oh, may, okay, maybe it actually has just been a lot of anxiety there. Mm. It was like when it finally disappeared, I realised it had been there. Yeah, you don't know what you don't know until you know. Yep. Yeah. What do you make of that? So... When you look at that now, the butterflies disappearing, can you kind of identify what those butterflies were? Well, I think then it was a lot of working, sort of like having to think on my feet, be social, serving customers, serving different people, having to do lots of different conversations. Like all that stuff was not natural to me. Mm. And it was like, that's why I always swore I would never work in hospitality or (laughs) like my brother was working in the restaurant while I was at school and... I saw, yeah, I'll never do this, I'll never do this, I'll find something else, couldn't think of anything worse. Mm. And now I'm sitting here as well, I've almost been in the restaurant for 10 years. Because <laughs> <There you laughs> um, it almost became, it was like, okay, well, this is actually working on all the things that I know I'm not good at, so yeah. I kind of need to stay there to keep working on it. Yeah, push yourself out of your zone, yeah. But at the same time, it felt nerve-wracking. And, and talking to people now, they're like, 
who worked with me back then, they would say, yeah, I always used to look flustered or anything. Even if I didn't really feel it. Yeah. Even if I was just sort of focused, busy doing that, I would look more flustered than other people were. Yep. And it, but yeah, it's just funny, like, until that disappears, you don't realise. It's like, oh, that was actually there. Mm, it's crazy what we carry around without realising, isn't it, until yep. we actually work on it. I was yep. wanting to touch a bit, if you want to, on... Um, the burnout and anxiety because I feel like that's such a big thing in society mm. like I think I think a lot of people feel that I was I definitely can so much relate to what you've just yep. said yep. And I feel like it's such a big thing like the way we burn ourselves out and the anxiety we carry and we have to work through it and understand what it is and why we push ourselves but I'm not blaming society but I do feel like, like I do feel like we do live in a society that kind of does kind of condition us a bit to push and strive and we don't really not you don't really we don't really stop and process we're always yeah. striving and you know you really have to set your boundaries and go no I need to sit with myself and take a step back sometimes yep. it's it's weird and I feel like it's a generational thing as well like oh for sure each generation has the different um the different messaging and the different ideas on what they're supposed to do. Like mm. how many of our parents were working pretty much straight out of school and yeah, got their homes, got their families, all this sort of stuff set up. Whereas now we're all told, oh, shoot for the stars and blah, blah, blah. Don't, it's almost like the don't work to the nine five. You don't have to work hard. You can still get everything coming in without, almost mm. without doing the work. And it's just like the complete opposite. It's the complete opposite that, okay, well, where's, where's the, uh, I don't know, where's the right balance? Yeah. I think you've just got to, you've got to try different things. Yeah. Because I feel like so much of us, we just keep doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. And that's where a lot of the burnout comes from because it's like, it's clearly your, your body and your mind are telling you something. Yep. That it's either you're doing too much or you're doing something that's not right, that's not aligned to your values. So true. I think alignment's but, such a big one, isn't it? Yeah. I feel like that's where a lot of it for me as well, where the... Yeah. Like the depression and anxiety was sort of hung around for so long Mm. was because I wasn't getting to the core of what was right for me and what my values were. Yep. Yep. Yeah, interesting. I can really relate to that too. It's like, what is what is right for you? Because we're all different, you know, we're all different makeups. And yep. if you, I think I was just a bit of a follower growing up, you know, it's yep. like, I better do this and I better be good at school and then I'll go to university and do this and I'll work hard and... You know, until I woke up to like, wow, did I actually really look at that being what was right for me? Or was I just doing what I was yeah. told? So it's, yeah, I think alignment, knowing yourself is really important. And it can be harder or easier for people depending on their life journey, I guess. But um, I think we yeah. spoke about the like depression being really much a lot about, not for everybody, but alignment knowing who you are and yeah. what makes you happy yeah exactly and that's why like the the book sitting in front of us lost connections mm. by johan Hari, like that was a massive game changer for me just because it, it talks about connection and disconnection as like almost the most important issue symptom mm-hmm. like reason that things go astray and we feel off because it's just okay well there's Mm. yeah it's disconnection from the meaningful work from the values from family community Mm. all these little things that just provide safety provide purpose like it's just some of the most primitive things but yeah until you actually break it down and and address it all in your own life and yeah and sit with yourself to try and figure it out you don't you keep going through the motions because you've got to keep participating in society as well that's so true it's the hardest thing about actually having the time to sit down and work on yourself because the world doesn't stop around you that's so true but something has got to give 
Yeah. Whereas so many people, they want to do the work, but they don't allow the time for something to say, like to sacrifice, to stop. They still try and hold on to everything. And then it's like, oh, yeah, and then I'll add the work I'm doing on top of that. It's like, no, that that's not so how true. it works. It's like where, and I think we spoke about this before, do you mean it's like, it's like you're scared to let go of what you know to bring in something new and you can make excuses. Yep. I've watched myself a hundred oh. times go, oh, no, I can't do it. I don't have time. Like, hold on a second. What's more important, my health, my mental health, or being busy and being swept away by what society wants me to do? And yeah. I think even the other day, like, I um, had some appointments and I felt really unwell. I was just like, really, I just didn't. I was like, I have to cancel them. I just, and I, in the past, I, I'd feel terrible, like, for cancelling things. Yeah. But now it's like, no, I actually really need to listen to myself. Yeah. It's funny how many times people feel, whether it's appointments or even just like social catch-ups or things that people will either go through with it when they're like something's come up, like they're tired or they're just not feeling it for whatever reason. And yet people will either go through it or they'll just apologize because they need a change and whatever. But it's the best thing you can do is just honor what you need and actually understand what you need. You're better off filling your own cup, Hmm. being selfish because then that actually allows you to be more selfless. That is so true. And I think that's a big thing for many people or the people that I guess I'm aligned with because I guess, I don't know about you, but for me, people-pleasing was a big part of my journey, like undoing Mm. that and realising that it's good to have healthy boundaries with people and you can say no and you're not going to hurt people's feelings and realising, you know, that it's not selfish to look after yourself. It's not selfish, but... It's like we, you know, we can run around so much after other people and get depleted. And I, I think even in the whole mainstream nine to five, I'm not saying it's bad. It's not for everybody though. Mm-hmm. And I think we can just burn ourselves out so quickly and almost like chase materialism and, you know, just look at kind of the money package and put our health second and put, you know, materialistic stuff first. And then yep. we're like, then we get sick and we're like, how did I get here? Yep. It's, it's so funny. Like, and, and especially like about that getting sick as well. It's literally like your body is trying to tell you something. Like anxiety, depression, all the mental health stuff. It is your body's... Screaming at you. Yeah, screaming because it's been whispering to you, but now it's screaming at you. Yes. That something's wrong, something's not right. And it's the same as what um, Johan Hari talks about in the book as well, like even nausea. Like Mm. when you're sick, you need your nausea to understand what's going wrong, what's happening. You need to stop and get better and change something or else you're going to die you're like it's 100 it's i love that it's like i remember this one sentence that one of my mentors said he's like your body is a reflection of your consciousness and it just makes you realize doesn't it like your body is connected to you and your thoughts and your alignment and if we just listen to that more be great if more doctors kind of said that to you but anyway it's like if we just realize that it's a message for us to do some deeper work work and know ourselves better and i know that very well like yeah yeah it's and i think i think that ties as well into sort of the the spiritual and the metaphysical mm. and i think that's where a lot of people sort of lose interest because like whether they don't quite resonate with that and i yeah. completely understand because i never used to as well yeah um and even still i'm more coming like i'll always be skeptical until i feel it and experience for myself totally and yeah. then i can learn yeah um, but it's just, yeah, there's just, your body is always trying to help you, protect you, and you've just got to listen to it and see what it's trying to say. Yeah. Don't force it to fit into any mold. Yeah. Just go back to what you were as a kid. I love Like, that. what did you enjoy? What did you want to do? And you've got to do that sometimes. You've got to go all the way back, haven't you? Back to basics and... Yeah. 
you know, and just go, what makes me happy? What brings me joy? Without thinking of all the adult, even when you've got to think about the adult things, but without yep. kind of thinking about all the stresses of life, like yep. I'm actually allowed to be happy. I'm actually allowed to live life the way I want to live as well. Yep. You're, in, you're allowed to enjoy the stupid things. Like I still enjoy playing my Game Boy every so often. Just Good like, on you. You know what? How <laughs> good's Pokemon? <laughs> <laughs> But then there's other times like, uh, yeah, okay, I, I need to be an adult here. I need to pay my bills. So yeah. <laughs> I need to do, I, yeah. I still need to take part in life. Yeah. Yeah. That balance. I wanted to mention depression and touch on medication a little bit. Well, I guess my journey with medication, mm. like I'm against. It's not supposed to be medication, actually. It's the way it's been pushed, I think. Yeah. That irritates like, me. like there's definitely like things with the medication that don't, aren't great either. There's so much of the research that was fudged and yeah like just wasn't yeah it wasn't actually the real results weren't shown and then they've kind of run with it even like mm. like the whole even just serotonin's responsibility in mental health like mm. it was never really proven mm. so then it couldn't actually be disproved yeah and yeah. it's it's just it's bizarre um mm. but it's also like for me i was on sertraline zoloft mm. and it served a purpose yep but I also know I'll never go back on it and I'll mm. never touch it again. Yeah. Because like it was it was very much like a last resort for me. But sometimes you just need that something to get you to a stable place. It was yeah, it was like the circuit breaker to yeah. allow me to actually do the work. That makes sense. Yeah. It was like I really felt so like for what, five, six, seven years of trying to do CBT, cognitive behavioural therapy and mm whatnot and trying to get into breath work meditation all these things and i just couldn't sit with myself couldn't actually change any of the cycles so i was just always burning out every two three months and like the period between burnouts got bigger but then also each time i got into a depressive state it got sort of lower and lower so i felt like i was always it almost felt like I was reaching a new rock bottom each time. Mm, I can relate to that. And yeah. so I kind of just got to the point where I was like, well, I've got to try something else. Yep. Because I don't know how much longer I can go on like this. Yep. Like also, also I was never suicidal, mm-hmm. but I could absolutely understand why people were. There were a couple of times where I was yep. like, okay, I could understand. And f- for whatever reason, I never was. Yep. And that's also where kind of the hope manifesto kind of came from because it was just that little like always just had this like core belief star seed whatever you call it for it's there was always this little bit of hope that it will i can't see how but it will get better it won't be like this forever yeah and i just had to like that like there was times where like that was literally all i had and then eventually everything else going in life would change i was like okay i can get back into participating again yeah i, I still remember even when the day i took my f- my first one like and it's a slow acting it was going to take five six weeks before i even started to feel it but i was so nervous and i was almost shaking taking it also because it was such a long commitment like i had to be on it for at least six months 12 months to see if it would see the difference to see if it would actually be yeah taking effect too and but yeah so it it served its purpose but it came with side effects came with the uh like also feeling like i was losing myself a little bit because i was always so emotional almost impulsive yeah that obviously it it neutralized everything so i wouldn't feel as low but then i wouldn't feel as high yeah um but yeah so i just wasn't as emotional and then Mm. so the way i was making decisions had to change because i didn't have 
either the, the as stronger gut instincts or anything like that so it did feel like I lost myself a little bit I still like distinctly remember being worried about that as I was on them I feel like that's very common like yeah. you just said yeah yeah but I realized as well as like okay well it was like the fog lifted so I could sit with my thoughts without reacting and running away as much as I was previously to the yep. point where like I couldn't actually work on them because they were too painful yeah yeah emotions are really interesting aren't they like they can oh. be overwhelming at yep. times really overwhelming yeah <laughs> and I often wonder I don't know about you but I wonder why sometimes they're so overwhelming and I look at my past and I feel like I was always too scared to really face them I was yep. really like quite scared and I like what you said I'm sorry about the medication because I feel, you know, everyone's different. This is just my opinion. Like, I feel like it definitely serves a purpose for sometimes where you're at. But it, to me, it's when people are on them for a prolonged period of time, it kind of just becomes another kind of avoidance tactic. Well, not avoidance tactic, but almost a way to keep you on the same kind of wavelength. Well, that's the thing. It's like if people keep upping the dose, mm. it's like okay well it's like something something still isn't being addressed here your body's trying totally. to tell you something yeah you're not addressing the underlying issue yeah and it's like yeah like you said the emotions will be overwhelming you just need something to take the edge off but then you're like you know you were like right i'm just i've got to go deeper with this now i actually yep. have to excavate what's happening and it makes me just wonder wow how much i'm talking about myself not you yeah how much i obviously shoved down for such a long time and didn't know how to deal with and then when it's almost like for me it was a bit of a volcano i kind of just erupted i was like oh my god all these emotions what do i do with them you know exactly but it and it can be really scary particularly if you haven't had the tools or you don't know how to self-soothe in a healthy way for me it was like eating i had like eating disorders that was my way of soothing myself medicating myself was well, through food you know and absolutely and also like where would you have learnt those skills through your page <laughs> <laughs> the <Horror> manifesto. Like, <laughs> well, you've been living for a fair few years before that so like where we like that's totally that's See? the thing it's, you sooner <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um it's yeah. like, it's like, I guess that's where it's like, yeah, what we were talking about before, there's so such little preventative or there, yeah. there is a lot of preventative stuff that just doesn't get the attention in the media time, Yeah. whereas a whole system is based around crisis management. And that's yeah. also much more expensive. Yeah, yeah. And you wonder, you wonder about that. I do wonder mm. about the whole system and how it's set up because if we really cared about people, we'd do it differently. We would yeah. actually be more preventative and... Yeah. You know, but then there's the other side of it. You have to actually want to do the work. You can always make excuses, and I've made plenty. (laughs) That's saying that. I feel like there's two questions that I'm completely stumped on with, like, mental health and society. And it's like, yeah, how how do do we reinvent the system? Because it's also, logistically, there's only so much you can do Mm. without burning everything to the ground and damaging mm. everyone along the way yeah like you've got, you've got to be a realist yeah but it's also like more important that how do you get people to want to help themselves how do you lead the horse to water and force it to drink like i love those two questions because um they're the ones that i've got no answers for <laughs> like you know what i used to get really fixated on that second one um, about people like wanting to help themselves and I have this pattern of being a rescuer like my whole life's been about mm. wanting to oh can't they just and I've like, had to really look at myself and go why do I do that yeah um and I have ideas now why but then someone kept said to me the other day it's always a choice you cannot force anybody to do anything that they're not willing to do and yeah. you and I probably realize this like we had to take those first steps to help ourselves before those doors really open in a way it's like it's not the other way around really yeah and that's something i'm struggling with 
at the moment sort of with um, trying to still connect to people with where I'm at with my journey because it's like well everything I'm doing now I'm taking responsibility I'm taking accountability for everything even if there's stuff that's happened to me it's like okay well it's my responsibility to change it now um, and do something with it so everything's a conscious choice everything's a yeah waking up each day and facing it and choosing which way I'm going yeah but when I was struggling all those years ago like that was what I was hearing but I just couldn't get there totally get you I just couldn't do it I couldn't internalize it Mm. but then I don't know so if it's just the the constant work years and years and years down the track it's just every little like I feel like every bit of experience now every little thing I've done has come to fruition and is aligning and all that experience that you can't buy it's there Mm. and maybe it just takes some of us longer than others I I feel that way too like I don't know the real answer either but I do feel that there's layers like I feel Mm. like I couldn't have gone from A to Z just like that like I had to go through that layer and address that layer and I also kind of feel like the body knows how much you can take in a way it's like Mm -hmm. if I'd gone from A to Z 100% I probably would have had a breakdown and ended up in a psych ward for like months do you know what I mean like I feel like I had to take those baby steps and that's where like I firmly believe that your body will only let you experience what you can handle yeah it's pretty smart huh like yeah it's ridiculous like and i and i feel like i didn't really like i've never really suppressed anything or repressed anything Mm. i've kind of always been aware to the different things but it was then i just couldn't until i worked was able to work through that then i was seeing to the like then i could see what the next layer was and it's like and it's kind of just like the like obviously each layer you peel back you then realize oh there's another three layers there and then you peel it back and it's like you start out with a hundred meter race yeah you get 50 meters down the track and now the finish line is twice as far away yeah and then you get another 100 meters down the track and now it's a 400 meter race like wait hang on how come this track just keeps getting bigger and bigger (laughs) yeah and you've kind of and then you've got to come to terms with the fact that like okay this is life (laughs) this is it's just a constant evolution there's no end point you'll ever like oh i'm healed i'm healed like no and i think that took me a long time to realize like i think i was i had that mentality of like getting somewhere getting to an end point my end game my ultimate manifestation whatever like some way i just want to get somewhere yeah and then to me that was almost a bit of avoidance too like not being we you spoke about this being present like not being able to just be present with where i'm at and not being fixated on the destination and i'm really trying to enjoy the journey and it's not always enjoyable (laughs) like it's just not like let's be realistic mine's not like yep and yeah like when you spoke about suicide like i'm very similar like i've never taken action but i've definitely i've definitely had moments where that voice in my head and the tears and going i don't want to be here anymore that voice i want to be here but a little voice on the other side going keep going keep going like the voices are both there and sometimes the other one's more powerful but that other one is just there to keep me going and i often wonder with people like what that must feel like to not have that little voice strong enough anymore to actually and that's thing and and but that voice also might still be there but it's just not loud enough that's the other so voice true. is just louder in that moment. And I wonder that too. Like, yeah. and, th- and that's where like a lot of the suicide intervention stuff is just finding safety for now yep. until the next day, until the next week, until it's yeah. sort of passes, until you're in that little bit more lucid state where you can then do a little bit more work and just distance yourself again. And mm. that's the, like one of the best things I ever did was I did a suicide intervention skills training. It was actually like facilitated through a charity that's no longer running. Mm. Um, so it was, yeah, like an assist 
training. So yeah, and it was two day like a two day intensive like sort of nine to five, but it was learning how to yeah actually intervene in a someone trying to kill themselves, whether it's yeah talk them down or palm them off to the right resources and how to deal with that crisis situation. Mm. and because something was like I've always felt as I was on my journey I was happy to talk about my experiences but Mm. I also knew other people had it differently had it worse had it more extreme yeah um but I wanted to be able to connect and understand or say not always say the right things but not say the wrong things yeah because so so many so much of what we hear is unhelpful language but uh, it was weird that was the first time i feel like i was actually in a room full of people who got mental health understood it Mm. and were happy to talk about it and it was just like talking about anything mental health related was just like talking about the weather it was so Mm. calm natural and it was just like oh this is really nice actually this is just like is this what like being understood feels like wow (laughs) Um, understood but it was also like a, the biggest thing they teach you is know your boundaries. Yeah. Know how much you can take on. And yeah. it's like, because that's saying otherwise it becomes an intervention for two or for three and you just get dragged along with that person. Mm. And so that's like, I've, I've, for years I wondered if like, I've always wanted to be a pro golfer and I've worked towards that. But there were times where I've wondered, okay, should I be thought about, yeah, psychology or anything like that. But that weekend I realized like, no, I, I could actually never be a therapist because I'd take on everything too personally. Yeah. And I don't think I can distance myself healthily enough. Yeah, that used to be me. To actually do it full yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like the skills I picked up, even even just the myths of with the suicide intervention, just like don't don't beat around the bush, just be able to connect sit in the mud with them and use direct language like are you mm. are you planning to kill yourself have you have you got a plan like yeah it's just be direct don't mm. to so many people are scared of like oh if you don't don't mention suicide or else you'll put it in their head it's like mm. you can't you can't convince anyone of something they don't want to do that's so true yeah and you can't put an idea in their head that's not already there 100%. if they're at that point <laughs> Isn't it interesting that we're actually scared of cutting to the chase sometimes? Like, it's this weird fear of really being vulnerable. And, you know, when you said feeling understood in that room, I think that's what everybody wants. (laughs) Who doesn't want to feel understood and heard and seen and listened to? And, yeah, it's interesting. Like, sometimes I just wonder, like, how do we get here in society that we can't just communicate authentically about everyday issues that we're all facing without getting stuck in a story? And, you know, there's a difference between being stuck in a story and staying in this depression that we don't want to get out of. But a healthy way of just communicating and helping each other and holding space, basically. Holding space far out. I know. That's that's the thing. Like, people are right to be scared of these conversations when you don't have the skills and tools yeah. to actually handle it yeah and that's like, true yeah how to like how to listen how to hold space yeah people don't know how to do that they they listen and they're already thinking about the next thing they're going to say and they completely miss what people have said and it's mm. like oh cool or it's in that culture of fixing things so somebody yeah. says oh this is wrong before people even ask do you want comfort do you want support do you want solutions what do you want? They'll go straight into, oh, you should do this, do this, do this. It's just so much unwarranted. <laughs> well, let's be honest with most of my clients, sometimes I feel like I'm not doing much, you know? I'm mm. like, 
And I realised that most people just want to be heard. They just want someone to hear them and acknowledge them and know that what they're expressing is valid and they feel safe in expressing their their emotions and how they feel but yeah you're right it's like holding space is such a basic thing that we've forgotten where are we taught it not at school i I don't remember (laughs) a class on holding space or even listening so much you know it might have been like a naplan test of listening to some shit you know but like actually holding space for somebody's emotions is um such a basic human need you know yeah that's why, that's why I'm just such a massive fan of... There are so many programs out there now that mm. are targeting that, and especially in adolescence in school. Like so good. The Man Cave, Flourish Girl, Tomorrow Man, Tomorrow Woman, Tomorrow Architect, like all these things, Reach Foundation. Like, yeah. There's so many things out there that are trying to address that and yeah. teach emotional maturity, even just teach people the nuance of communication and discussion and... Mm. actually being able to sit and look at themselves it's like okay well being in a group of boys all like and banter culture and all this sort of stuff it's like well actually just get them to step back and ask why why are we doing this what Mm. are you trying to achieve Mm. are you actually doing it because you believe it or because it's just what everyone else is doing because that's where the beliefs come from that yeah but if you actually can make them step back and ask why it's like oh okay and if like they actually have the ability to change it, open themselves up, mm. and like every, and actually express or figure out what their values are and have the space to do that. I love that you say that about values too, because I don't even really remember learning much about what was mm. really important to me and the belief stuff. Like I feel like, and this could have just been my journey, realizing that I can question everything I'm told and taught. I do have that right to actually think, does this resonate with me? Is this the truth for me? What we're taught doesn't necessarily mean that it's right. <laughs> yeah. Or real. There's a lot of people out there in the world that have ulterior motives that actually put money or power or greed or whatever above integrity. And that's just how it is. I think it probably goes back to connecting to yourself, doesn't it? Like knowing who you are and your values and then it gets a bit easier. And staying in your own lane, really. That's what I learned the hard way. Just stay in your own lane. Yeah, yeah, it's either stay in your own lane or stay in one lane. We can only do so much at one time. And they have so much energy. That's so true. Yeah. Like we spread ourselves way too thin. Energy depletion. Trying to address everything at once. It's like it's one bit at a time. Yeah. Brick by brick. And even energy. Like I feel like that's become a bit of a word that people are a bit more kind of going back to what you said before about the words that we use that mean the same thing. Yep. Like when I talk about energy, some people are like, oh, that's a bit woo-woo and spiritual. I'm like, no, energy is just energy. Like it's everywhere. And understanding like the energy depletion and where we give our power away and where we leak energy and yeah, doing too much, that all depletes us on such a deep emotional level too, doesn't it? Like it's not a woo-woo spiritual thing. It's just a word that maybe is misconstrued. Yeah. Yeah, and oh, it's it's funny, and that's where you don't. If you're not listening, if you're not actually stopping and thinking about what you're doing, if you're, you're reacting, you're not responding. Yeah. Because there's a massive difference there. Yeah. Yeah, it's in that space that's when you make your choices. That's when you hear what the other person is saying, and you actually comprehend their words. Mm. So many times I've seen people arguing, and it just gets louder and louder, and nobody acknowledges what the other person says. Whereas if they did that, they'd realise they were actually on arguing over the exact same thing, trying to get to the exact same point. But someone's trying to be right. Someone's trying to have the power. Yeah. There's there's just something else going on at play, and it's just like, well, but you just stop because there's and listen and acknowledge 
repeat what the other person is saying and you might realize like oh we're actually on the same page here. <laughs> let's move on it's funny that isn't it it's like we make excuses sometimes just to almost have an argument or just want to be right yeah and uh, yeah I, I used to kind of have that trait of it wanting to be right and now i'm like it's not even like be right it's feel right i love that i love that yeah and now it's like and i think it, to me for me personally it was about wanting to almost get validation that i knew myself whereas really what yeah. i needed to do was just know that all i had to do was validate myself to me it was a lot of a child wound and wanting to still aren't you listening to me are you not hearing me and now realizing i don't need that so much anymore so it's i think trauma is a big part of lots of things too that we're all like running around scrambling through our trauma and our conditioning and like trying to like figure ourselves out and you know life and overwhelm and just trying to like ground in ourselves without and weeding out all the stuff that's blocking us and it's funny i feel like trauma is one of those words that it's just people don't go anywhere near it because it's like they haven't had the most extreme horrific things happen to them mm. but trauma can be someone cutting in front of you some like it's totally. all these and it's like all oh, about being seen being heard and the smallest thing like you can't justify how big or small an experience is like something shit happened yeah. it happened yeah doesn't matter what whatever but the internal experience can be just as big as something uh, for another person and completely different so true it's funny how we get scared but i actually had a client the other day and she was reminding me of myself she got really upset she's like it just reminds me of when i was at primary school and one of my friends was really mean to me and she kind of pieced together something happening in her life right now that is really upsetting her and it's crazy how something that little that can happen in the playground at school will affect you for the rest of your life until you actually acknowledge it. Well, even for good and bad, you hear of people who yeah. say, like, oh, this teacher said, oh, your writing's really good. You could be a writer one day. Yeah. And then you end up being an author. Or, I and that. vice versa, you get a sports coach say, you're terrible, you're no good, and you get kicked out of the team, and then you never play the sport again. Like, I love that. The wor- I feel like words are the only are the real magic in this world yeah because they can express so much so many different things yeah that communication is kind of all we've got to translate it and words are so powerful have you seen that uh, the rice experiment you've probably heard of it they put rice in water and they have three cups of rice and to one of the cups of rice they say all these really nice words every day like you're amazing you're beautiful you're powerful yes yes then the second one they say you're horrible you're oh you're terrible you know just all these horrible words and the third one i think it's just i don't think they say anything or it's just neutral the one that was negative actually turns moldy yeah there's so many different experiments out there like that and and I've, i've seen people myself Mm. do that at home with flowers or anything like with water sitting there yeah yeah it's it absolutely is real and i think that's a good point to remember isn't it with depression and with our mental health our self-talk our internal dialogue like really working on that it can be easier said than done particularly if we've like had years of negativity thrown at us and we've absorbed it and then it's almost like we have to release all that old gunk to bring in the new stuff we have to like com- constantly work on those two voices don't we yeah. and like you said before sometimes they never really go away they're always there but we need to just retrain ourselves and yeah the power of language it's funny like and i, I feel like as well yeah it always comes back to how much you're responsible because the self-talk is always so negatively geared even myself like last month i was in uh like a men's group and I had questions asked at me and they were like positively framed like what has been going well lately and I was in a bad state that day and I found a way to still talk about in like the first sentence three things that were going wrong or weren't that good or could have been better and I was just like 
literally just been asked only like what is going well mm. and I couldn't say something this 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 is going well yeah I wasn't allowing myself to see that yeah I totally get that and I think sometimes because we spoke a bit about toxic positivity before too and that's not toxic what mm. you just said sorry yeah just reminded me of yeah. that it's like we need to focus on the good and have gratitude but we also need to be okay with the days that we're not so good and be okay with like processing that and understanding that I kind of believe that sometimes we're in that place because we need to release something like there's something coming up bubbling yep. to be released but having the tools around us to go back to the positive or knowing that you know maybe sometimes like I might sit with that negative whatever energy for like 20 minutes if I can but yep. then have okay what am I going to do after that not to bypass it but like go, what, what can I do I might go for a walk or I might you know do some meditation like have my self-care tools so I can also find that peace and gratitude but not dismiss my emotions like yep. don't put a band-aid over it and go oh no that's okay I won't feel that yep. that never gets me anywhere honestly yep. for me personally yep. so, yeah, I feel like there's it's that distance between the thought and the action response mm. that's where your sort of superpower is yeah yeah because that's when you can process try to process it try to understand it mm. before doing anything yeah. And that's what I feel like I really struggled with when I was younger. It was just mm. like, I just always reacting, always reacting. I couldn't sit with it. Yeah. And mm. I couldn't then reframe it in another way. I've always been like been a logical mind. Mm. And so even times where I could maybe think of a different logical solution or behavior or something I should do, but not having any sort of connection with it emotionally or physically, it's like, oh yeah, but that doesn't really doesn't change how I'm feeling or mm. it's just like yeah but what's the point or just mm. whatever it is I couldn't sort of connect the dots between the logic and then the emotional as well I love that you said that because it's so important to have that balance isn't it like yeah. emotion and logic and realizing that emotions are kind of really delusion delusionary sometimes I can really throw us off mm. but they're there for a reason like they're valid and you know yeah. like we have to process what's yeah. underneath them but if we lose that logic we can get really imbalanced yeah. I think that's what I used to do too, actually. Yeah. Not be able to almost rise above it, like be in it, but not be it. Like just yeah. be with it yeah. and rise above it. But go, okay, I'm processing this and I need to go through it and it's part of my journey, but I don't have to be... I used to get stuck in states, like really... Yeah. I remember the year, like 2017, I was in a really bad shame period. I didn't actually know what I was feeling. No one had actually... I was like starting to really understand my emotions and that was like when I was like, what the hell am I feeling? And shame is a pretty shitty emotion to feel. It's very heavy. Mm -hmm. I didn't have the tools to process. It's like at, at that point in time, I got stuck in the emotion. And I, it's like I became the emotion. It's like I felt like it was never going to go away. It's like I almost went, I felt like, oh, this is it. Um, this is how I'm feeling and it's never going to go away. Yeah. It might sound really silly, but I think for me, it was like that turning point of understanding, oh my God, emotions are just energy. I need to just feel this and I need to just allow myself to feel it, but almost start to rise above it and just almost get more curious and go, oh, okay, this is what it feels to feel shame. Okay, I've got to release it. And, and then from then on, I started to play around a bit with different emotions and I might do that through dance or yoga. Like I might put on a song that makes me feel sad and like really feel sadness then feel like going to an emotion that's happy and kind of understand that we are constantly energetically going through different emotional states i don't think it's abnormal to feel sad it's just part of our human experience it's just knowing that it's going to pass 100 percent. it's the old yin and yang light and dark like you need hmm. the good to understand the bad you need the bad to feel the good it's the 
you need those opposites on the spectrum. If everything yeah. was just consistent and neutral the whole time, it's just... Might be pretty boring, I think. Yeah. But... 100%. That sort of like circles back to the medication for me a little bit as well. It felt like everything was quite neutral. Yeah. And like it allowed me to realize, like, okay, my expectations were actually too high though as well. Mm. Yeah, for ages I was thought that like happiness was the goal to get out of the depression and the depressive states but it was really like being content in the neutral is sort of where you need to be but then to be able to go above that and enjoy it and go below that Mm. and process it and handle it and Mm. come back to the content and then just being in any given moment am i okay do i need anything right now do i have to do it do i need to be anywhere no i can just be here and i'll be okay yeah and that was yeah like that shift was when it was also when i knew i was ready to get off the medication and start feeling again because like okay Mm. i can i can do this now like this is i know where i need to get to but i actually wanted to start feeling again and even and that means feeling the bad stuff deeply as well but i've always been someone who Mm. deeply feels yeah and Mm. always wanted to Mm. and now it feels great to be back doing it again that's so amazing and I love that you said that about feeling because I feel like that's what makes us human and when we can connect to our feelings like so much it's almost you just you you see and feel so much beauty in the world personally I feel like you just connect to such on a deeper level to things and people and experiences it's like it's an energy energy door that kind of opens up and I just feel like it's so important you know numbing out is closing a lot of things off yeah and that's and there's definitely like times when you need it so that you can it's almost like you've got five things going on and it just dulls it back to the one yeah so then you can just piece your way through it yeah but then also, yeah, trying not to be on it forever so that I could live, mm. live fully. I like it goes back to, I think, what you said before about taking the baby steps, like yeah. not rushing, like you said, from being in a, you know, if you're in a really overwhelming, d- depressive state and so much shit's going on in your life and you really feel like you need it, then yeah. Because if you went from that space to full-on feeling everything, it could actually kill you. It actually could yeah. kill you. Like 100%. your emotions can, they really can, well, we know, we've talked about the whole you know, the illness showing you that you're off kilter or your body's out of whack. And, you know, if you don't process your emotions, they can actually make you really sick. So, yeah. yeah. It's, it's funny, like, even with, um, like, one of the best things I've done this year was um, mirror work. Yeah. And literally just, like, started out as eye-gazing for with myself for 30 seconds. Yeah. That was the most uncomfortable thing. Totally, yeah. Because, like, didn't like the way I looked. Yeah. Didn't, didn't like that, like... I could see that I look this way because of my actions or I've done this because of that in the past. And it was like, it was all just unraveled and it was also why I didn't want to look at it and deal with it because they're like, well, I don't like all those decisions or I could see everything in the past, but it's not until you actually face up to it. And then even amongst it, it was like, I basically did it for 30 days straight, but it was no matter what, like I had to do it for at least 30 seconds. And I would always end up doing longer, but I'd have to identify something different about myself physically that I like. And it could have just been, oh, I like my eyebrows, I like mm. my beard. It was it was the tiniest things to begin with because it was mm. genuinely didn't like everything else. Totally. <laughs> but then just it forced me to start looking at myself. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I was connecting deeply. As I was doing it, my posture would change. I'd start breathing a lot deeper. I'd start feeling things. Like back to something I'd do at golf. Like it was amazing. Just I just became aware of my body again. I love that. When I first started, it was almost like when 
I'd try and look at myself and there was like this void around me where my eyes would just want to dart off, go yep. look at something else in the room. Yeah. I literally couldn't sit and stare at myself. But I can so relate to everything you just said. <laughs> yep. And what I didn't piece together, which just like a light bulb moment for me, was when you said that when you looked, it reminded me of what you did, your actions and your past. It just, yep. that just hit, thank you. That hit me like a ton <laughs> of bits because I found it so hard initially to look at myself and yep. a lot of self-hatred stuff for me. But I never pieced together why and that mm. was really helpful for me to hear because i feel like mirror work is so powerful it's so simple yeah. but it's so powerful but it can be so difficult in the beginning oh, it's absolutely. like you look and you're like i don't like this person i do not like you i don't want to look at you you know yeah. And when you get to a point where you're like, oh, I actually don't mind you. You're okay. Like if yep. you start to change and your energy actually changes, like you can feel the shift and other people can feel the shift too. Oh. It's so real. Yeah. Oh, and that's, that's the thing I get people tell me now, like I literally look different to even what I was six, seven, eight months ago. Yeah. And even now I can see it as well. It's just like, yeah, yeah. Like I have actually, something has changed. It just makes you realize like, our internal energy and how we view ourselves and what we hold on to, how much it actually affects us. It's yep. so deep. Yeah. And that's where it's it's funny, like with like my golf career, it feels like like I've been doing it for so many years now and like I'm 28. Um, it's It seems like I sh- if I'm comparing to everyone else, it's like, oh, I should be on tour by now. I should be doing this or it's getting to the point where, okay, I've got to decide to do something else now. I've got to have another career. It's like, oh. A, that's all bullshit as well. But it's the narratives that you hear everywhere. Mm. But it's like it's I can I can now see why I haven't been successful. Yeah. I can now see all the reasons it didn't work. It was I was I can see the things I was doing that were wrong for me that didn't feel right. Um I I can actually understand it's like, oh well I feel like I've actually got a chance now. Yeah. And what an amazing thing. I really am a believer that everything happens we go through what we go through. We grow through what we go through. We go through what we have to. Mm. But we do can also halt ourselves and avoid things as well. It's like that balance, yeah. isn't it, of like doing the work and not having shame or feeling like we're behind. And I'm, I know I've definitely been through that. And I still have days where I go through that. I'm not going to lie. 100%. I still think, fuck, I should be doing this by now. I've got to slap myself and go, don't go, go back to that mentality. Yep. You know, I'll waste my time renumerating yep. on things. that, And I'm like, wow, I'm just wasting my time. Like my, my energy is going to the past. Keep moving forward. And yep. yeah. What's well, like with what I'm working on at the moment? I'm literally facing that every single day. But it's like, okay, well, I can either continue down that path and not, not do anything, not achieve anything, or I can get back to what I'm doing that might make a difference, might make everything better. Yeah. We'll see how we go. Yeah. And a lot of it is self-belief, isn't it? And Self-worth and self-love. So like, true. Everything comes back to that. Yeah. It's, it's so cliche. It's like, it's all always comes back to, oh, I'm not good enough <sighs> in something. Yep. Yeah. But that's what that's what it is at the end of the day. Hundred percent. Like the unworthiness thing is so big, and I, yeah, that's been my biggest block too. And even though fear is a big one, I feel like underlying the fear is the reason of being. But I can't succeed. Yeah. I'm not good enough. It's still yeah. underneath all of that. Well, yeah. Is if, that if you were good enough, you wouldn't be scared of doing exactly. it because you felt good enough. Like it's fear of failure. Why? Because I don't know if I can do it. Like yeah, yeah it's all about being worthy, yeah. really. Yeah. But it's also it's so like it's. You hear it all the time because it is cliches. You hear them all the time because they're right. It's true. <laughs> yeah. But you, like... like I said, you can't just jump straight to that because you've got to understand mm. all the different aspects that you yeah. don't feel worthy, you don't feel like enough, and you've just got to do it one thing at a time. Yeah. Okay, Let's let's we can change something here. Let's do that. See how that goes. Mm. See what that then shows for the next thing. And mm. it, you'll get there when you get there, unfortunately, as long as you are actively putting in some work. Yeah. I think that's a really good message to like for people and for myself. <laughs> 
to persist, like to not give yeah. up on yourself. And yeah. even though you feel like maybe sometimes you're going one step forward, 10 steps back, 10 steps forward, one step back, and you feel like you're not going anywhere. Yeah. You, it's almost like you just got to keep playing away at the layers. Like you just got to keep going. Yeah. And I remember a stage where I was like, I'm not getting anywhere. I can't, what the hell? Why can't I move forward? Yeah. And, you know, and I know there's still plenty of layers to go, but I know I have moved. And I think it's just focusing on how far you come, isn't it? Yeah. Sometimes. Oh, like, absolutely. The baby steps you've taken. Yeah, as like like one of my favorite quote, quotes is always, um, it's like one that's that scene in uh, Rocky, where he's like talking about hard, ain't about it, how hard you can hit, it's about hard, how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward, how much you can take, take and keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. And there's that there's a little line at the end where it's like, if you know what you're worth, and go out and get what you're worth. That's so true. Like life doesn't owe us anything. Yeah. We're not owed anything. We don't deserve anything but we also deserve everything yeah but if you sit there and think you're owed something it's not how it works and and it's hard to to tolerate because there are some people who seem to get things when they don't deserve things and have that narcissistic or arrogant attitude that seems like they're living Mm. the life and they're not really doing anything to get it but Mm. it'll come back to affect them at some point or Mm. it'll like it'll go wrong at some at some point in their life and they won't have the skills to deal with it or they're just putting on a facade and you don't actually know how much they're struggling underneath already like that's a really good point you have no idea i believe that too i believe you can't skip chapters and you can't skip lesson you can't skip your healing it's all part of it and it's almost like (laughs) i'm saying this because i need to hear it too it's almost like we see that as like an obstacle like oh i've got to do this do this oh my god it's so hard but that's actually where the gold is, like actually that alchemy, alchemy process and getting to know yourself and getting to know your weaknesses and the changes that you make are kind of worth more than what you're wanting to achieve, in the, yep. like in a way for me now. Oh, and that's and, and it's all about like, again, the old cliche, oh, it's about the journey, not the destination. Yeah, like, cliche well, is true. <laughs> yeah, it's like the journey is the life. That's your daily your daily task, your daily actions, the outcome, the destination, it's a fleeting moment. So true. And like if you're not enjoying everything else you're doing, it's a big payoff. Like It's almost an escapist mentality. Like, oh, I just want to get here. Not being able to sit with the process and the people you meet and the conversations you have. And it's beautiful, actually. The best example I can can feel like is uh, I'd love to sit down and talk with Usain Bolt. He spends four years working towards each Olympics for a 10-second race. Wow, that puts it into perspective. He spends how many other seconds working towards 10 seconds? If it's all about the outcome, he gets to enjoy that for what that how long does the medal presentation go for two minutes i love that and then it's working towards the next one so if he wasn't enjoying the journey and enjoying the daily training and everything else and everything that's happening to him as a character as a person Mm. who would who in their right mind would do that it's almost like it's just a byproduct isn't it sometimes the end result it's like a reward but i really feel like when you get those rewards you really appreciate more the work you've done to get there than the actual end result i look back on things i've achieved and when i wasn't in the best place and i still achieved amazing things for me I still almost couldn't really appreciate them as much as I would have liked to because yeah. I wasn't, I hadn't done enough inner work to really even be in the moment, even when I was there, if that makes sense. 100%. Like yeah. How many people achieve things and it's like, because it's not, Next, next, next. Yeah. And, and it's like, well, something they don't really care about or it's for someone else's dream or anything like yeah. that. And then yeah. they, like on paper, yeah, the, the resume, the CV looks good. 
Yeah. But then they'll change job to something they actually like doing and they'll be much happier. It's like So true. And some of the happiest people I know, you know, everyone's different to what they desire and everyone's, you know, wants what they want. But some of the happiest people I know are the ones who actually live quite simply, but they just have such a sense of inner peace yep. and can appreciate the simple things. And yep. I find real... There's something that I really resonate with and I think that's something that I feel is really important for me just to be able to appreciate life as it is, not so yep. much aspire to get there or be here. And it's great to have dreams and goals. I'm not putting that down. Like, that's amazing. But if you can't just appreciate life, then what do you have? Yep. You're yeah. Just, you're, you're just missing out on everything else it could be. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And I think the more open-minded you are to new opportunities too, the better. Like sometimes I see it very fixated on a specific outcome and then it wouldn't happen. Like, oh my God. But then like all these opportunities are there going, Holly, you're looking that way and that way. There's other ways to go. Like, why are you just going? That's my ego. Yeah. Yep. Oh, don't we all love having a good ego? Love, love my ego. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's fine. We've all got egos. We've all got shadows. Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. And, and it's being compassionate about that too, isn't it? And I, I used to find that hard, but that's because I didn't have compassion for my own ego. And it's mm-hmm. coming back to, like you said before, self-love and accepting all parts of yourself, which is easier said than done. Oh, 100%. I feel like one of the most important things that I discovered and I sort of keep going back to with the Hope Manifesto mm. is like rock bottom was the solid foundation that I've built from. I love that. I like, bet you so many people would relate to that too. Like it's literally like the concrete foundations on a skyscraper like it's just and now i'm just adding level after level after level but it's that i kind of needed like i almost had to go to rock bottom to know i could survive it and so i'm not scared of it ever again yeah even well, it's funny like i say that now and i'm also scared of i'm scared of everything i'm doing at the moment like it's just like all, <laughs> all, these, all this all these fears popping up but it's yeah. like i can reason through it knowing okay i've been through worse i've been through the lows before i know i can get through it i know i'll bounce back it's yeah it's weird like like i hate hearing everything happens for a reason but i say that too everything happens for a reason if we give it a reason yeah that's so true there's always a reason for why it happened yeah like there's a lesson to learn in everything and you just got to keep going deep just ask why ask why this why that yeah why is a great word yeah but doing it when you're ready (laughs) yeah you've got fun find a support yeah plenty of good people out there i feel like the more that i've found the easier it was to find them it's just that law of attraction sort of thing like they just seem to all of a sudden gravitate towards me yeah it's pretty magical isn't it and it's like like so many of the people i know and that i'm leaning on now didn't know they existed 12 months ago isn't it beautiful when you're on that journey and you start to realize that the deeper you work on yourself and Mm -hmm. you know the life's there to support you like people are there to support you and I think that's great what you said about the foundation. I think a lot of people need to hear that, that rock bottom, because I almost feel like so many of us go to that space to almost remember how strong we are mm. to rise yeah. from the ashes again and hopefully learn the lessons that got us there. Yeah. Right. There's so many so many little nuggets I've just learned over there and they just keep popping in and out of my head. Mm. It's like, yeah, I feel like rock bottom was important. Yeah. And then taking leaps of faith. Yeah. Because literally everyone is waiting for the other person to do that we're all like oh i'll be vulnerable and honest when they do it first that is so true when like we're all looking for that safety for that confirmation yeah it's even just talking to a stranger somebody's Mm. got to say hello first yeah you've just you've got to take that leap of faith and it's amazing what's on the other side (laughs) 
So true. It's like, what are we scared of, really? Yeah. What are we really scared of? Yeah. And the best things happen when there's no expectations apart from being in that moment. Don't try and mm. stuff it into a box, into a certain shape. Just let it be whatever it's going to be. Yep. And that's with career, with friendships, families, relationships, everything. Mm. Just remove mm. more and more of the expectations and just let it be and enjoy going with it and understanding the nuance and appreciating yeah. it all and appreciating the complexity to it all yeah a lot of life is about i feel like letting go of expectations isn't it and just yep. to sum up or to finish off grief is a big part of depression i really believe that we label yep. depression grief as depression i think grief is there's layers to grief oh well that's where it used to, what was it in um like lost connections goes into it again in the book like what was it there's two like they for a while there they tried to create two different types of um depression endogenous and oh, i can't remember now but it was like one was like it was like the grief exception was in the dsm yeah. um but it's like oh yeah you're depressed oh but only for like then they tried to put a limit on oh but yeah if it's been four weeks six weeks or something it's and you're feeling it after a certain event yep that's that's understandable and everything but then after that certain point, all of a sudden it becomes the pathology again. I was like, wait, but hang on, like, what? It just... I don't think there can be a time on our emotions and our processing. And I don't know, exactly. but I believe we're all different. Like, I'm a very sensitive person and I, t- I know myself better. I take a while to process. Some people are really quick and I get shitty with myself. I'm like, God, why you take so long? But that's just who I am. Like, yep. I take time and I then I like to think it through. And I think because I'm a counsellor, that's just who I am. And it helps me understand myself and it helps with other people so i'm not gonna yep. just sit there and go oh, i'm too slow anymore yeah that's just what i do and if you don't like it then bugger off yep. like oh exactly and it's like i know i'm someone who is very particular with how i articulate myself because i don't want to be misunderstood and like i know there's a lot of i've been misunderstood in the past or i've said something and, and it gets yeah it gets taken the wrong way but it's like okay well i always internalize it as okay it's kind of like my fault i should have said it differently or mm-hmm. things like that but that's who I am so I know I'm going to take longer to respond at times especially mm. the more heated the situation is the mm. longer I'm going to want to take before I say anything and do it but there's nothing wrong with that it's just it's who I am so I've it's just got to right work wrong. with it no boxes like you said like no molds so we're all different and I feel like embracing who we are can be easier to some than others I don't know yeah accepting who we are is a big thing in life when a lot of us are conditioned to think that this is the way we should live and this is the way we should work and be and finding our feet can be difficult sometimes if we've had that deep conditioning and like you said family patterns and survival mode and all that stuff it's unraveling it's a lot of fun well thank you so much for actually agreeing to this podcast and it's funny like when I met you when we had that deep conversation pretty quickly I remember walking away going oh I think I need to talk to that guy more yeah. and then I think I started the podcast soon after and I kept thinking of you I'm like oh oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you I'm so glad that we could have this chat and um so much of what you do I really think is amazing and I really resonate with I guess your take and your experiences on mental health and yeah really appreciate you sharing the personal things to you and yeah, thank you. Definitely want to thank you for just holding space today to have this conversation. And it's just, it's it's amazing how it's just connection. It was like just so quick, easy, but it's just so real. And it's amazing what can flow from that. But it's thank you so much just for holding the space to be able to talk and share this today. <laughs> <laughs>